millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is it. The time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night Live with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies. You're better than that! On TalkSport, the home of boxing. You're listening to Fight Night Live on TalkSport, live from the O2 Arena. I'm Adam Catterall, alongside me Gareth A. Davis, Glenn McCrory and John Rawlin. It's a monster night tonight, built as loser leaves town, a domestic dust-up with serious career ramifications. How far has James DeGale slipped? How much has Chris Eubank Jr. improved? If you need to know more, listen to this. But I believe this will be a convincing win. I truly am the best prepared for a fight that I've ever been in my career. This is bragging rights. He's called me out for a long time. There's history there. It goes back. There are still the, the non-believers, the doubters. This is the fight that can shut a few of those guys up. It's an exciting one. James DeGale versus Chris Eubank Jr. on the home of boxing here on TalkSport. Make sure you stick with us. Uh, they're due to ring walk around about 10 o'clock. We've got a cracking fight beforehand, though, with Joe Joyce uh, taking on Bermain Stavern. And before I introduce you uh, to two of uh, the three gentlemen joining me on the radio this evening, I just want to cross over to John Rowling for a quick update because Lee Selby is currently in the ring at this moment in time, making his debut at lightweight. How's he getting on, John? Not particularly well, I'm afraid. He is winning the fight, I think, against Omar Douglas, who's a fighter from Delaware in the United States. But this was supposed to be something which was going to show Selby as a real threat at the lightweight division. We're just going into the ninth round. I've got him ahead on my card, but he was cut over the left eye. 
the same eye which was damaged against Josh Warrington back in May. It was done by an accidental clash of heads, but his timing has been a little bit out. He's not as sharp, I'm sure, as his trainer Tony Borg would wish him to see, and this has been a far from convincing debut as a lightweight for Lee Selby, and he's finding all the trouble he needs. It's an uncomfortable sort of night for him, Adam. Uh, you'll hear John calling through the fights this evening. Like I said, Joe Joyce uh, up against Bermenster Vernon in around about 15 to 20 minutes' time. And then after 10 o'clock tonight, it'll be James DeGale versus Chris Eubank Jr. Joining John on commentary will be the voice of boxing, Glenn McCrory, who's uh, with us to uh, talk through a couple of fights as we build up towards the main event. And of course, as ever, when it is fight night, the man with the best hair in boxing, Gareth A. Davis, joins me, joins me for a little bit of a chinwag. How are you? You well? Very good. These are the great nights, Adam. These are the nights we live for when we have a headline event between the likes of James DeGale and Chris Eubank Jr., where we really don't know what's happening. On the way in tonight, pit person after person asking you who's going to win, who you got. The debates are raging in the bars. How much is James DeGale this decorated boxer who won an Olympic gold medal and is a two-time world champion. How much has he got left? And this physical terror in Chris Eubank Jr. that will take him to the wire and test him. Not as technically efficient, but prepared to do or die in the ring. We have got a great main event on our hands tonight. And as you say, Joe Joyce stepping up uh, in only his eighth heavyweight fight, former Olympic silver medalist, of course, against Bermain Stavern, the man that held the WBC heavyweight belt before Deontay Wilder. We've got a cracking night ahead of us. Uh, we did a big preview show on TalkSport on Thursday evening, and I got your thoughts on how you think that this will play out, but Glenn wasn't with us on that particular night. He, he, he cheated on it, you see. He went to go and work with Jim White <laughs> during the day. Uh, so, on that, with people that maybe didn't hear your opinions on how the main event will play out, how do you see it? Because the main question that I'm hearing from a lot of fight fans is, how far is James DeGale slipped? That's the big question, the big caveat. Well, I see it as an intriguing fight. I think, you know, James DeGale, has he got anything left? You know, is he is he is he at the end of a career, or is he just you know has he not been excited by the the quality of opposition? And is this a fight that will get him going again? Is this a fight that will accept that will excite him and 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 make him? The fighter that he was, you know, so it's um, it's a very, very good fight. Eubank, you know, I think he's threatened for a long, long time. I think there is star quality there. There's a there's a big heart. He's a he's a he's a tough guy who comes forward and works an awful lot, but not had much direction uh, in the past. And I think this is this is make or break for him. He really needs to perform on this big stage. I think he will I think this is going to be his night uh, you know maybe against a lot of popular decision but I think this will be his night this is where he'll come of age I think well on that you say popular decision the bookies of Chris Eubank Jr is the favorite tonight yeah I think so I th and I think that's right because I think this is Chris Eubank Jr's fight to lose but I think We've if, if, if you talk to the if you talk to a lot of people in boxing the boxing people Pick, that pick, Gale. pick the Gale. They do, but we don't know what he's got left in his legs. I was at the two fights with Caleb Truex, one in London last year, or, or 12 months, 14 months ago, and the return fight with Caleb Truex, who wasn't in the top 50 in the world as a super middleweight, remember? Took his eye off Tyler. Was, was that, he was didn't that even because, look good in the rematch, No, no Glenn, I know, in, in, but in was Vegas. that because he wasn't excited? Was that because, you know, the guy who's been a former Olympic gold medalist, a former world champion, was that... 
did that not excite him enough? Did that not get him up enough? The second that fight enough had to get challenge? him up, and he just got through it. Regarding um, the fights against Caleb Turex, because he wasn't good, he wasn't great, I would like to hope that it was a motivational thing. If he can't... I can understand maybe not getting up for a Caleb Turex fight, but when you see the name Eubank in your opposing corner, that's got to get the juices flowing for Dave, James McGill, hasn't it? A hundred, a hundred percent, and also... You know the, what they've been talking about, and the fact that Eubank is saying that you know he beat them up in sparring and and all the rest of it. So seven years ago, well, well, seven years ago, if you beat him up in sparring seven years ago, then you'd think he'd do a real good job on him this evening, wouldn't There's you? There's no way Eubank beat him up in sparring seven years ago. What the Eubanks are brilliant at. The old man, you know, Glenn, the old man, Adam. The old man was brilliant. He's the chief goader. He is the chief goader we've ever seen. The old, in the old man could fight a bit. No, no. What I mean is he he knew how to get under people's skin. Yeah, yeah. And Eubank but he could also back has it up. done that with DeGale the whole way to this contest. He's done a brilliant job. Well, the one thing cool, that Eubank calculate. hasn't done is back it up yet. He hasn't stepped into those big foot, you know, footsteps of his of his father. I think this is a night when he can. Just regarding the loser of this fight, because. My take on this, right at the start of the show, I said that it's a loser-leaves-town type of fight. Maybe not necessarily so much for Chris Eubank Jr. But it is if it's Dave, if, if James DeGale. If he, if he loses, I think there's nowhere for him to go. I think he will then, he, he will retire. And regarding Chris Eubank Jr., do you think at some point he it will? It depends how he loses. Exactly. If, if, if Chris Eubank Jr. loses, it depends on how. If he's in a tough fight and it's a very good James DeGale, then obviously there's, there's, there's still fights there for him. If he's if he's you know loses easily, gets knocked out, gets stopped, then it's time it's time to walk away. Listen, people denigrated him a year ago. It's a year ago pretty much to the day that he fought George Groves in the semi-final of the World Boxing Super Series Super Middleweight Tournament. But he brought the physicality and he wrecked Groves physically in that fight, even though he was technically completely outboxed. That could happen tonight. Listen, we might even see a draw tonight in a yeah, thrilling I, I, fight. You know what? You I, know. I think what was lacking in the Groves fight was just any game plan. You know, I think that, you know, he was very willing. You know, the spirit was very strong. The strength was there. Everything was there from from Eubank. But, you know, he didn't have, he didn't have a game plan. He didn't have a, an idea of what he was trying to do. And that's where George Groves, who's an excellent fighter, you know, outslicked him and out, outboxed him and, and won that fight well. But, you know, you've got to think Eubank has, has finally succumbed to, to people telling them that, you know, you've got to have a trainer, you've got to have an idea, you've got to have direction, you've got to, you've got to have a plan. You've got to have a plan A and you've got to have a plan B. But there's a, I think there's a bit of a myth here around, you know, he's, he's got this trainer, Nate Vasquez, who's from the Floyd Mayweather gym in Las Vegas. And let's remember, Chris Eubank Jr. went to school, remember, from the age of 16 to 18 in Las Vegas, and he trained in the Mayweather gym. He won the Golden Gloves uh, as an 18-year-old in Nevada, so he knows the he knows the scene. I think it's a bit of a myth he hasn't really had a trainer for 29 fights, because his father's been with him, and Ronnie Davis has been there with him in the gym from day dot as well. But has They've he listened been to them? Him but has he listened to them? I don't know. We don't know. Look, does does he listen to anyone? Is he going to have listened to Nate Nate Vasquez? I think Glenn's right. If he's composed in this fight and he has a game plan and he doesn't allow DeGale to settle and have his feet and have his rhythm and be daft and move and hit him and move, it, if he gets into him early and he has a game plan, Gareth, I think okay he'll, I think he'll slow DeGale down. It's okay down. saying Nate Vasquez is from the Mayweather gym. 
that doesn't give him any credibility whatsoever for me. Oh, he does good. a little bit, doesn't he? Well, no, because he goes to Mayweather's gym. No, no, no he's, no, a, trainer. he's a trainer from you've got, Mayweather's you've gym. He done. I know he works with a lot of boxers. He works with MMA uh, fighters in boxing. Mola Wall, uh, a former uh, he uh, light heavyweight champion is, is of the he world. Some, is he somebody that's been brought in because you know he's answered the critics of, of Chris Eubank Needs a needs a trainer, so he's bought a trainer in. But he's Chris bought, a, he's bought a trainer in that he can tell Chris what Eubank to do. Chris Eubank Jr. worries about what you think or I think or anyone else. Of course he doesn't. He doesn't care what anyone thinks. Well, well, he's he must. Chris he must. Jr. He must do. He must do because he brought a trainer in. Otherwise, if he didn't care what people think, he'd just carry on doing the same thing that he does. So he obviously cares. With, he obviously with, cares because he wants to be that, a world champion. With him doing that. What are you hoping to see? I asked John this question on Thursday. One of the key things that John says, and I agree with this, is that he hopes that Nate Diaz has taught uh, Nate Diaz, Nate Vasquez has taught him how to jab, and that's one of the key things that has been missing in his arsenal. Hundred percent. The, the good things that I'm hearing from the camp is is from Vasquez is that your what he's doing is the simple things, the yes. basics, and the basics are. are of the best things you know that's what gets you through a career the basics a good left jab a straight right the good footwork that's what gets you through a career the rest you can put all that on that's all show but the basics is what he's been missing it's crucial that isn't it john those basics that we were talking about on thursday night the jab the footwork the things that you would normally learn when you're a child when you first step into a boxing ring i think the key to this fight is uh, the footwork of James DeGale, whether or not he can put rounds together and whether he can right fight for three minutes of a round. You know, it's in two days' time, it's going to be 24 years since Steve Collins beat Chris Eubank Sr. Now, Chris Eubank Sr. was beaten by Collins getting in his face and making him fight for three minutes of every round. Chris didn't like it, Steve won it. And that is, for me, what Chris Eubank Jr. has got to do to James DeGale. Well, there's a parallel here because Chris Eubank Sr. liked to take time off during rounds, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, sure. But so does Junior, and that's the key for DeGale in this fight, that he dictates the pace of the fight with his movement. There's, an old, there's that expression in boxing about what people have got left in their legs. That's what we're going to find out in the first four to five rounds of this fight, and that's what's key for James DeGale. If we can just say, we're coming towards the closing stages of the 11th round of this lightweight fight for the intercontinental version of the lightweight champion as seen by the IBF, and Lee Selby is having a particularly sticky 11th round. He's under a lot of pressure here. He's got blood pouring out of his an injury above his left eye and he's looking very ragged indeed as he holds on and tries to buy a few seconds to get it through to the bell to end the 11th round now i've said that i've got him ahead on my card but he's really badly damaged around both eyes and irrespective of whether or not he comes through this fight as a winner adam i think you're going to be looking at lee selby and saying well has he got the punch power mm. at at uh, lightweight and as well as that just how much did that defeat John, against josh warrington i've got take to say uh, watching him in that round he looks a shadow of his former self yeah. He is bruised, he's battered, he's cut over both eyes, he's been bullied round the ring, and it just looks like Lee Selby has maybe had one fight too many. Sad to see, sad to see because he was an outstanding featherweight, but you wonder whether at the age of 32, those best days now are well behind him. Uh, we will keep you up to that, there's one round left uh, of Lee Selby's uh, fight, his debut 
at lightweight. I, for one, was quite excited about him making uh, move up to this weight, especially in the light of fights like Anthony Crawler and Lomachenko being made at this weight and various other top, top, top fighters at lightweight. It's an exciting division, and I was hoping that Lee Selby would be an addition to it. Listen, I'm not writing him off just yet because this is his first attempt at uh, lightweight. But with, but with him being a former world champion, you would have expected better, wouldn't you? Well, I think there are parallels... Uh, with Lee Selby that we had with, we're talking about with James DeGale tonight where he had a very very hard fight in Brooklyn two years ago with Badu Jack where a lot was taken out of him Lee Selby had the same thing last year at Leeds United football ground against Josh Warrington who was one of the British boxers of the year if not one of the boxers in the world of the year last year with that late December victory over Carl Frampton as well and Warrington took a lot out of Selby that mm. night yes we know he was finding it hard to make the weight he's moved up the two weight divisions but you know I used to I used to just sit there and take utter pleasure at Selby because we used to call him the Welsh Mayweather yeah where's his jab where's his snap he's a ghost of the fighter he was his timing's gone it, it, it's 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 pitiful to watch. I've got him behind here, John, well, he's against this lad from Delaware. He's certainly not looking like the man he was by a long, long way, and there's only just over a minute and a half to go in this final round, and Selby is under a lot of pressure. Much, much shorter, Omar Douglas, only with two defeats in his 23, uh, in his 23 fights, 21 fights, rather, but he's coming on, he's on the front foot, and the way Selby's pushing his punches out, he just does no snap, and he takes another left hook and holds on and looks anxiously across to the referee as blood continues to seep out of those damaged eyebrows. There's a, a minute and 20 seconds to go now in this last round, and he's got to get on his bike. He's trying to do that, trying to stay away from Douglas. Lands with a right hand, but there's no power in it. And again, just pushes out the jab. Douglas comes boring forward, short amount and he's got his head right into the chest of Selby who's now backpedalling tries to throw the one-two left hand right over the top and then a right to the body from Selby but no power in those shots and forward comes the smaller Douglas again and there's an untidy sort of maul and there's now less than a minute to go in this final round and Selby bravely tries to throw punches taken on the gloves and arms by Douglas who walks him down and is trying to line him up for power hooks he's unable to do so and Selby ties him up again and referee Bob Williams who's been a busy man the third man in the ring in there has to step between them the seconds ticking down there's a sweet right hand there from Selby that was a flash of what once was and again a, a clash of heads and once again referee Bob Williams has to separate them Selby's had problems punching down against a man who's some three or four inches shorter than he is. Douglas has a chiselled physique, tremendously fit, and there goes the final bell, and Douglas thinks he's won. He's waving to the crowd, and Selby looks a little bit disconsolate as he walks around the ring. That, for him, has been a tough, tough night, and there's an anxious wait now before we get the verdict, Adam, because I think that he is going to be... Well, it's on my card anyway, it's going to be close, and Douglas certainly thinks that he's won that fight. Well, if, you, if you're going off the fighters at the end of the fight there, Glenn, and how they've reacted to that final bell, uh, Douglas is the man that's strutting around, bit of confidence. I don't know whether that's from a bravado point of view, but he most certainly looks like a man that believes that he's just well, won that fight. I think that, that was very, very hard work from Lee Selby. He knows he's been in a fight. It was, it was tough. He didn't have any, any zip. He didn't have, you know, any any sort of power, any snap. 
that you'd expect from the, the old Lee Selby, you know, the guy who, who moved around the ring fantastically and who always had great counter punches. Mm. There was none of that. He was he was looking to hold on in the last few rounds there and was that a was very, very times, hard. Glenn, wasn't there? there was a desperation about his performance in the last three or you four know, rounds. You know, if you look at a fight and, and you're... You know, you enjoy it when you're in there. That, that This is your home. You've trained long and hard for 8, 10, 12 weeks, and then you get in there, a chance to prove what you've got. There was none of that from Selby. He looked he looked a beaten man. He looked a tired, beaten man at the end of the fight. He might get the verdict at the end of this. We still we shouldn't maybe just prejudge what the, how the judges are going to score it. He may still get the verdict, but... Looking beyond that, yes, you know, is this a guy who's potentially going to be a world champion at lightweight? Well, and on the basis no. of what we've seen here tonight, it's emphatically no. Well, exactly what you said on Thursday night, John. It's going off your eyes and not what necessarily people tell you. And off what we have just seen there, Gareth, I've mentioned a couple of names in this lightweight division that are currently holding belts. For me, one of the best on the planet, if not the best on the planet. He's going to have to go a long way, Lee Selby, if he's going to compete with those boys, isn't he? No, he's a long, long way from that. We don't even know the verdict. I've got him losing this by a round, by the way. Um, you know, the physicality of Douglas from Delaware, the American, was self-evident. What, what, as, as John and Glenn alluded to there, it's, it's the snap, the snap's not there, the, the, the joy in fighting's not there. He, it's, it was like he was battling to get through the rounds from the very beginning of the fight. And I just wonder whether Lee Selby has, you know, whether his body is kind of packing in on him. And he didn't even have legs tonight. Jimmy Lennon Jr. is our master of ceremonies tonight. And he's awaiting the sign from outside the ring as to when he can deliver the judge's verdict. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, after 12 rounds of action for this vacant championship bout, we go to the scorecards. We have a unanimous decision, and here are the score totals. Judge at ringside, Leszek Jankowiak, scores the bout 116 to 112. Agreeing with him is Judge Phil Edwards, also scoring the bout 116 to 112. Jerome Ladd sees the bout 115 to 114. All three in favor of the winner. Now the IBF Intercontinental Lightweight Champion, Lightning Lee Selby. So there you go. Lee Selby did get the nods. Eight rounds to four on two judges' cards. I don't buy that, I'm afraid. The Americans think that's very much a, a hometown decision and there were one or two boos from mm. around the crowd here. I don't think that a lot of the spectators agreed with the way that's gone. Mm. No, I've got to say myself, I think that was a hometown decision, even though he's a Cardiff man. Um, I think that that has, that has your fortune has, has, has went with Lee Selby. I don't think he deserved that win um he carries on but i'm not sure there's a lot left of the the, the old lee selby uh, we're live at the o2 arena in london i'm adam catterall this is fight night live on Talksport. lee selby's just got himself a decision victory he's ringside right now with don mcginnis well lee you've got that belt congratulations you're wearing a bit of damage tonight it was tough in there as well what's your reaction to that fight um i believe i've made my last couple of fights to um, tougher than what they should have been, you know, my boxing ability, yeah? they, they shouldn't be getting near me. But, um, you know, they're good fighters, they're, they're world-class fighters, and, and that, then things happen. Now, you have jumped up to lightweight, how did you feel in there, and how, more importantly, did his power feel in there? Um, 
to be honest, I, I've spied with re really big guys, world class guys as well. And I, I never really, I never really get bothered by the. Um, it's happening in the crowd there. <laughs> it's all over there. I never really get bothered by the power. And um, to be honest, yeah, I feel, I feel comfortable. A lot easier making the weight. I, it was nine pounds extra. I didn't have to take off my body. Now, do you feel that you are definitely a lightweight? You're staying there. There's no way you, you drop down one division. Um, I, I could drop down to super featherweight, but if a big, big um, fight come up, you know, I, for this fight, I was sparring with Alberto Machado, who was at the time a, a, the super featherweight world champion, and we had great sparring. So there's no, there's no reason why I couldn't drop down to that weight in Winterthur. Obviously, you have been inactive since the Warrington fight, yeah. anyway. Cuts. I think they were headbutts anyway, but again, cuts. I mean, you must. Be, the minute that one opened up over your left yeah. eye, you must be thinking, "Oh, not again." That's it. It's, it's, it's disheartening, but um, it's a fight at the end of the day. You expect to get cut, and um, you know, it's, it's more difficult when the blood's running in your eye. There was times in the fight when I couldn't see. The same as my, my my last fight. There was times I couldn't see my opponent, just just a silhouette of him. I couldn't see the referee, couldn't see the crowd. But you've got to keep a straight face and get on with the job. Now, lightweight, there are so many opportunities yeah. if you stay at lightweight. That's obviously part of the reason why yeah. you made the shift. I mean, what do you want to do from here on in now? I, I want to at least challenge for another world title. I'm still a, still a work in progress. I'm a former world champion. This is my ninth t championship belt, and I'm, I'm still learning all the time. It's been a good day for Wales, hasn't it? Did they win in the rugby? They did indeed. Oh, excellent. Well, enjoy. Thank all the you. best. Thanks, Lee. Thank you. Right to you, Adam. Don McGuinness with the breaking news on the rugby there for Lee Selby, uh, who came away with a decision victory uh, in his debut fight at lightweight. In the second round, big punches going in and it's all over. It's all over. We hear the roar of delight from Bermain Stiven. He has some power. Clubbing left jab and an arcing right around the corner. Deposits Jodic on the canvas, and it's the first round stoppage for Joe Joyce. It's a big step up, you know. Should I beat him, then it's you know going to propel me forward, you know, with a big leap. There's not much to say, you know. We could talk all, all, all we want right now, you know, back and forth. But what matters is what happened on Saturday night. And Joe Joyce secured another first round stoppage. It's a big fight tonight. For Joe Joyce, a real coming-of-age fight as he takes on a former world champion in the shape of Bermain Stavern, the man that held the WBC belt, which Deontay Wilder uh, took off him over a 12-round period, and then in the rematch, knocked him out within one round. Stavern only having one round, Gareth, in the last three years. On the scales, he looked overweight, he didn't look interested. Yes, he's a name, and it's a wonderful opportunity tonight for Joe Joyce to propel his own name into that big heavyweight mix. Yeah, absolutely. I was at that one round he did against Deontay Wilder in uh, in New York, in Brooklyn, and he got absolutely banjoed by Deontay Wilder in their rematch. Didn't look up for it. 19 stone 7, as John was telling me just now, um, correctly, 270-odd uh, pounds. He's weighed, he looked flabby, he looked small, and he looked up for a fight with Joe Joyce's manager rather than Joe Joyce this week. Argumentation going on in the week during the press conference. It was a very odd scenario. But Mainstavern's not a talker. He does his talking in the ring, but he, and as you say, he's looked abject in the last three or four years. This is a guy who's won the World Boxing Council, the green belt, the, the title the boxers love. This is an opportunity tonight for Joe Joyce to leave him flat on the canvas and show that he is a world title contender. Remember, Leon Spinks, eight fights when he fought Muhammad Ali and he beat him. Joe Joyce could do it in ten, at least fight for a world title. Remains the version of Muhammad Ali, though. Anyway, we'll get to uh, we'll get to that in a moment Correct. or two.
Uh, but uh, our man Dom again is with his microphone ringside. He's speaking to Connor Ben. Well, Connor, let me firstly say you are looking very swish tonight. Talk me through that outfit. That is spectacular. Well, I think I was going for the Malcolm X look. Yeah. You know, with the dreadlocks, you know, the glasses on, you know, the nice jacket. So I thought I'd change it up a little bit tonight. Fur-lined black coat, very, very smart. You look in the business. And the glasses as well, is they for effect? There's nothing yeah. wrong with the, old, the bins, are there? No, just so, just so you know, like, when people look at me and they don't know I'm looking at them and then I don't have to engage in conversation. It didn't keep me away, I'm afraid, but uh, anyway. That's right, no, I want to speak to you. No, fair play <laughs> to you, fair play to you. Now, tell us firstly, what's the plan for you? Hopefully fight April and May and then fight for the British title or, you know, fight for some title. Whoever's got it, Johnny Garton, Chris Jenkins, um, you know, whoever's got the British title, well, I want to take that home that year. That's my priority and, I'm, and I, you know, that's mine already. So the training's been good? Yeah, definitely. You know, I'm, I'm still training hard, always working. I've been injured, so I've been working around my injury, you know, but I'm maturing, I'm getting better and getting my man straight. Great stuff. They'll have to go. We'll get a ring walk now. Back to you, Adam. Cheers, Dom. Great to hear from Connor. As you can hear in the background, Jimmy Lennon Jr. is piping up. They're introducing the heavyweights. First, ladies and gentlemen, joining us to the blue corner, Please welcome the former heavyweight champion of the world, Berman Stavern. Bermain Stavern making his way to the ring here at the O2 Arena. Glenn, I just want to get your opinion on him this week because he hasn't looked himself. We haven't seen a lot of him over the last three years since he was blown away by Deontay Wilder. He is a former world champion, so he does have pedigree, but on the scales he looked overweight. And just attitude-wise, he doesn't look like he wants to be here. That is some pedigree, though, isn't it, when they do say the words world heavyweight champion. So he has got pedigree. Obviously, if you're fighting at that level, you, you, you've got something. You know, you don't get there for nothing. So it's really what, what ambition he's got left, what he brings to the ring now, you know, not not then when you know he was given Deontay Wilder a fight. It's what he's got now. He's been, you know, he hasn't done an awful lot over the last couple of years. So um, we wonder what ambition he's got. What ambition he's got when he's in with a big man like Joe Joyce, who's a, you know, he's strong, he's tough, he's big, and he's rugged, and he's gonna be in his face. Have you been impressed with uh, Joe Joyce's? progression since the Olympics he's I have. still relatively a baby in the professional yeah, game isn't yeah, he? Yeah he is a baby but they're making they're making giant steps in this division um, obviously he was a celebrated amateur and um, he brings all that experience into the ring but you know he's big he can punch he's strong you know he's like a he's like a bulldozer Joe Joyce he just keeps plowing forward. It's an opportunity for him tonight to make a massive statement as Bermens de Verne has entered the ring uh, taking a knee in the neutral corner um, saying a little bit of a prayer, but let's and get the introduction now, of Joe Joyce. The Olympic silver medalist and the undefeated heavyweight world contender known as the Juggernaut, introducing Joe Joyce. Activated. 
I just wanted to wait for that bit, Gareth, because I like the start of uh, Juggernaut George Orson's uh, ring walk. He is a big old unit, isn't he? And sometimes what I wish with him is because, and this is a, this is no disrespect to him regarding the, his work on the microphone when we interview him. Sometimes I just want him to go in, destroy, and go home without having a conversation. Without anything. Yes. Well, you know what? It's hard to get a word out of him. Remember, this, he's a fine art graduate, remember, from university. Does amazing paintings. His favourite artist is, is a... Is a, is a a Vogue artist, photographic artist called Sheila. He's a brilliant guy. He delivers. He will throw his hands at Vermeer Stavern, who has a very fast jab and a very good right hand. But the juggernaut is a huge man, and it would not surprise him because of the fury Wilder Joshua mix at the moment. If he can have a couple of good wins this year, he could be that fall guy or the guy that fills in as potentially the fall guy against either of those three. It, he's got it all to play for tonight. That is a massive name on his record, despite what they're saying about Vermeer. That is a massive opportunity for Joe Joyce, no question, with Vermeer Stavern being a former world champion. Can he beat him? Can he do it emphatically? Can he get his name? into the mix with the big boys, the Anthony Joshua's, the Tyson Furies, and the Deontay Wilders of this world. Let's get back to Jimmy Lennon Jr. Ladies and gentlemen, we welcome you to the O2 Arena here in London, England, as at this time, Premier Boxing Champions presents a special attraction in our big night of boxing. This bow to the ring is brought to you by Park Sun Sports in association with Ringstar Sports and Don King Productions. Sponsored by 32 Red and Volterol. This bout is sanctioned by the WBA, President Gilberto Jesus Mendoza, Supervisor Jose Oliver Gomez, along with the Commonwealth Boxing Council. Supervisor is Debbie Down. Introducing our three judges, all from the UK, from Doncaster, Michael Anderson, from Preston, Phil Edwards, and from Birmingham, Terry O'Connor. Presenting our third man to the ring, the referee in charge of this bout, we have Howard Foster. All right, fans, here we go. 12 rounds of boxing scheduled for the WBA Gold and Commonwealth Heavyweight Championship. Introducing to you first on my left, fighting out of the blue corner, wearing black trunks with multicolor trim, of Canadian background, fighting out of Las Vegas and West Palm Beach, Florida, in the United States. He weighed in at 19 stones, seven pounds, or 273 US pounds. With a record of 25 wins, three losses, and one draw, he has 21 big wins coming by way of knockout. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the former WBC heavyweight champion of the world, Berman And his opponent across the ring, fighting out of the red corner, wearing black trunks, blue trim, hailing from Putney, London, England. He weighed in at 18 stone, 13 pounds, or 265 US pounds. He is undefeated in his campaign in the ring with a record of seven wins, no losses. All seven wins coming by way of knockout. A 2016 Olympic silver medalist, ranked number five in the world by the WBA. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the undefeated force of boxing's heavyweight division, known as the Juggernaut, introducing Joe Joyce! So here we go. How good is Joe Joyce? Can he propel himself into that heavyweight mix? A big statement victory here most certainly does so. Calling you through the fight, the voice of boxing, Glenn McCrory. 
and John Rawley. This is heavyweight action, real heavyweight action. 19 stone 7 Stiverne, and is he going to be able to provide any sort of a threat at all for Joyce? Joyce on the front foot now, landed a good uppercut. There's a little funny dance from, from Stiverne, who looks in a bit of trouble here in this second round. Another uppercut from Joyce. Fight Night Live on TalkSport, the home of boxing on the radio in the UK. And there's a big right hand from Joyce, almost puts Stiverne down. He was only kept up by the ropes, and the referee having a good look at him. He's getting the eight count, and Howard Foster asking him, do you want to go on? He was clipped by a right hand from Stiverne as he did so, but now Joyce does start to accelerate. Shots to the head, left hook, right hook, and another right hook. And the referee's seen enough, it's all over. The name's Stiverne beaten in the sixth round, and Joe Joyce's perfect record continues. Eight wins out of eight. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Uh, we've just witnessed Joe Joyce do the business against Bermain Stavern and even though it wasn't necessarily the greatest performance in the world having a name like that on your resume does wonders for a man's career doesn't it? It certainly does you know Bermain Stavern is still a big name he's a former world champion and you know a win is is a win and uh, you know that just takes you know his his record further up he's still he's still in there he's a former silver medalist it was predictable you know, it wasn't it wasn't a, a, you know, a great a fatic, performance. Yeah. I didn't think it was it was pretty predictable. But you know, at the end of the day, it's a win. It's a stoppage, and he moves he moves further forward. And you know, the heavyweight division needs up and coming fighters like Joe Joyce. With the way that the heavyweight landscape is seems to be playing out at this moment in time, with heavyweights on various. Uh, broadcasting platforms which might add an extra hurdle in to make those big fights that we all want to see they're all going to need opponents definitely would you stick Joe Joyce in with any of Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder Anthony Joshua in the next 12 months or is he still too is he no, still not there no, I, no of course I wouldn't and I think they won't he still needs he still needs to learn he still needs to get more 
to to his game. You know, he needs to be able to go go through the gears a little bit. Um, it was a predictable performance. It was a pedestrian performance. You know, he's big, he's strong, and you know he gets the job done. And at the moment, that's enough. Mm. But when he, you know, when you talk about the the big names in the division, he's not ready for that yet. Adam, what worried me about that performance, particularly in the early stages? Okay, he had him down. He had him down with that right hand in the third. But he was worryingly easy to tag with those right hands over the top from uh, Stiverne and it was it was a predictable way in which he was trying to respond trying to counter he drops that left hand he throws the jab yeah drops his left hand and he was being caught again and again and again Glenn yeah he was you know he's a, he's a static target you know he's, his chin's right up in the air he's very much still got that amateur style you know he hasn't learned to, to change levels he hasn't learned you know, to bob, to weave, you know, the 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 switch, to to do the things that you need to do to beat the best, you know, to go in with the best in the world. So he's still a work in progress. You know, he's a juggernaut. He's a big, strong man, and he keeps coming forward. And at the moment, that's enough. But what it did show was that he can be hit. You know, his chin's out there. Yeah. It's a target. It's an open target. He did second, though, didn't he? I mean, he, he has he, got a serious know, he, set of whistles on him. He took some clean. Yeah, you don't want to see that, though, do no, you? No, you don't. Because you don't sooner or later, he's going to come up against somebody who can bang harder than this guy. No, absolutely. Absolutely. But I totally agree with what you're saying. But one of the things, if you wanted to take a positive out of it, he took a clean blow there in the first round and he walked straight through it. Yeah, you know, he's he's big. He's strong. You know, he's, he's, he's very... Orthodox, you know, he does he does exactly what you think he's gonna do. You know, he throws his jab, throws the right hand. Um, is that enough? No, it's not. No, not when not you go in the, not when you go in with the, the big big league. Yes, if you've got if you've got a weak champion, maybe you can. Remember, Fermain Stavern held the WBC title, so he was good enough to win a world title. But today there's some very, very good fighters out there, some very good champions, Joshua. You know, Deontay Wilder, you got Tyson Fury. These men are dangerous. They're big, they're strong, and they can fight. Abel Sanchez is, is, a, is a wise owl, though, his, his trainer. He'll watch that and he'll know that. He, he'll know, you know, with total clarity what the shortcomings are. And he'll be having pretty much the same thoughts, I think, that Glenn did. Lack of power for me in that performance. Um, well, we'll come back to that in a moment or two. Let's get over to uh, Don McGuinness, because he's with Joe Joyce now. Let's get Joe's thoughts. Well, congratulations, Joe. You got the job done. But, oh, gosh, he was tough, wasn't he? He was taking all sorts from you. Oh, yeah, he took uh, all, all what I threw at him, and uh, there was only one that really, like, dropped him. And, uh, you know, he's, he's tucking up, and he's, you know, such a tough guy that, you know, I was, I was trying out um, what Abel was telling me in the corner to, uh, to take him out. Yeah, but it was, you know, it's tricky. Is, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's a live opponent. He's throwing shots back, so you know, it really made me think. And it was a, it was a good fight. I enjoyed it. Well, you took a few as well, didn't you? I mean, was yeah. I'm not saying part of the plan, but I suppose for a heavyweight to take big heavyweight shots, you know, you can if you know what I mean. Yeah, if you go out in the rain, you're going to get wet. So, you know, I managed to uh, stay moderately dry. <laughs> Now, you have obviously sparred all the big lads, all the, the, the elite ones in your division. I know you're in a bit of a hurry. You've done it all as an amateur, and, and now you want to do it as a pro. How ready are you for that step up? I think, you know, a couple more learning fights, so Abel says, and uh, I'll be ready for the, the big one. 
So you, are you basically, what kind of timescale would you put on that? Uh, like later this year, early next year. So we're talking Joshua, Fury, Wilder, bring any of those on? Yeah, 2020. Well, let's just see what your trainer, Abel Sanchez. I mean, firstly, what do you think of that performance? Oh, he did exactly what I, what I was looking for. I was looking for an opponent that was going to allow Joe to work and to progress. Uh, he only has now this being the eighth fight. We need those kind of fights to make us better, to be ready for those guys at the end of this year, beginning of next. I mean, he was a big unit in there, wasn't he, Stavrona? A very hard man to shift. Well, there's a reason why he was a world champion. He's only got one bad tarnish, one bad blemish on his record, and it's tarnished him, it seems that way. He got caught by a great right hand, and he couldn't recover, but uh, there was a reason why he's a world champion. That's what I told him after the fight. But this is the kind of fights that Joe needs. Like we said in the interviews, two more fights, the end of the year, beginning of next, he's ready for whomever is up there at that time. You'd be confident then, obviously, that, that step up then of Fury, Wilder, Joshua? Absolutely. Not only because of the fights, but because of the gym, too. We'll have the work in the gym. That's the most important part. Triple G's rubbing off on him. You know what? They watch him work and they learn. Well done tonight, Joe. Go and enjoy it. Yeah, thank you. Cheers. Back to you, Adam. Cheers, Don. Much appreciated. Guys, just before we went over there, you did say that you had a little bit of reservations regarding whether he carries enough power. Yeah, I'm, I, I don't want to be overly critical of Joe because he's in his eighth fight, but... The critics will say he didn't show enough power uh, as a heavyweight. It's about, heavyweights are about knockouts. And also, how many punches did it take Deontay Wilder to knock Bermain Stiverne out? One. One huge right hand. And people will be talking about that. Yeah, they said to Fight Night Live on TalkSport. We're at the O2 Arena this evening. The big fight still to come between... Chris Eubank Jr. and James DeGale. How much has Chunky got left? How much has Eubank Jr. improved since this time last year against George Groves? If he can get this scalp on his resume, surely he propels his name in with the big boys at super middleweight. I finally get to show everybody the new me. There are still the, the non-believers, the doubters. This is the fight that... Um, can shut a few of those guys up. Mm. This would be a 12-round schooling, yeah? But he is going to have probably a couple moments in the fight where, do you know what I'm saying, it's a 12-round fight where he has a little bit yeah, yeah. of success, but it won't be much. This should be a convincing win for me. I just believe that I've got I've got more in the tank. I believe I'm, I want this more. I believe this fight means more to me than it does to him. He is tough, he's game. He don't mind if it gets hard. He don't mind if it's bloody. He don't mind, you know what I'm saying? He's my them fighters. I'm not playing into that. I'm not, I'm not worrying about what he's saying. Um, retirement, losing, all those... All those thought processes are not in my mind. Mm -hmm. All I'm doing is focusing what i got to do to win. He is deluded. Like He's done nothing in boxing. He needs to put some respect on my name. That's what he needs to do. But as I say, this is why this fight is so big, because this is his chance, his last chance, because this is his only way into the big time again. Right, we're live at the O2 in London tonight. On the banks of the River Thames, I'm Adam Catterall. This is Fight Night on Talk Sports. Still to come, James DeGale taking on Chris Eubank Jr. All the biggest names in boxing are in the O2 Arena tonight, including a certain heavyweight that I used to love watching when I was a kid. Don McGuinness is alongside him. Well, I am. I've got Frank Bruno with me. Now, Frank, you're getting an awful lot of attention. He's, uh, he's just alongside oh. Prince Nassim Ahmed as well. Uh, is that what's called banter, I think? You having a go at yeah, Nassim? Yeah, a little, little, little bit of a banter, trying to take a photograph as well, as well as talk to you. 
without sounding too crazy, you know? <laughs> oh, well, right. you're looking resplendent tonight, Frank. Right, the the, the pale you. blue suit suits Thank you. Thank you very much. I've got this from Thailand. Thank you. Very kind. <laughs> well, <laughs> very smart. Off the pick. Now, firstly, as a heavyweight, Joe Joyce has got the job done in there. Yeah. It was hard shifting Stavon, wasn't it? Very, very hard shifting. It's good experience. It's good to have a name on your record, but I don't see how the guy he beat was a world champion before, but good luck to him. You don't disrespect a boxer. It takes a man to get into the ring, so good luck to him. So what about the main event? How do you see it panning out? I hope this is going to be a good fighter, you know what I mean? Because sometimes Sky are doing their thing, Box Nation is doing their thing, but it's nice that ITV has dropped back into boxing. I know some may start screaming and crying and saying pay-per-view, but it's on testral television all around the country if you want to see it. And it's nice that it's getting back into boxing because there's a lot of hungry belly boxers out there that need a little bit of money and a lift on their feet. I don't think anyone's going to get as many eyes as you used to get when you were fighting, obviously. You never know, you know what I mean? It's like, this is the first one in a long time. So, Eubanks, you know what I mean, the gal, they had big names in boxing and it's a good 50-50 fight. I still think the gal is a favourite to win it. Season, been in the game a long time, been with tougher opponents, but Eubanks, you can never, you know what I mean, write them off. And how's things with you anyway? You're busy. I know you're around the country all the time. You're meeting your fans. You're doing all that. I mean, yeah, I'm trying to concentrate on the, on the Frank Bruno Foundation. You know what I mean? And um, get that off the, 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 the road. And I'm doing PAs up and down the country and going to the gym most days. Going down the health farms, Champleys, and another health farm. Just keep myself out of trouble. You know, and enjoy myself. It's nice to see young faces like you that I haven't seen for a long time. Not old, they're young faces. And it's nice to see some boxing people around there. It's nice to see that the O2 is packed for a different, you know what I mean, a different good fight. And I hope it's going to be a not disappointing fight. It's great to see you smiling, nice Frank. Nice look after yourself. And yes, I'm just going to try and grab a word now with, with my old mate, the Prince. Prince, now, Frank's Frank's just given us his opinion. He, he feels that the Gale might be the man tonight. Oh, one sec. You never make life easy for me. We're live on Talk Sport now, Prince. Oh, sorry, sorry. I've just got to hug this guy here because he's my brother. Well, Prince Nassim is now hugging John Conte, so I think we'll let him off there. And the snappers all around you as well, Prince. Dear me. Just hang with me, lads, because I'm going to get this fella. I'm, I'm not. I'm not letting him off the hook. He's trying every trick in the book to. To not talk to me. This is a, a little bit of a cat and mouse game, but now to just having a quick word with John Conte. And it is a little bit of a stellar row where I am, obviously, just opposite you here, ringside, because I can see AP McCoy, Cheltenham, just around the corner, but he's here tonight. And then just further down, Joe Cole, but Prince. Prince, now there, there's a legend, Mr. John Conte. He's a legend. Yes, my That's my brother. And another one wants a hug. Good man. Prince, how do you see the main event going tonight? How do I see the main event going tonight? Well, listen, it all really depends on uh, what what James has got left in the tank. James is an excellent boxer. You can't just write off uh, a gold medalist in the Olympics and a two-times world champion. But let's just see whose night it is. You know, it's for me possibly. It all depends on what, what, what he's got left in the tank, but I'm looking at possibly a points victory to James DeGale. But again, I still can't write off Chris Eubanks because Junior has got such a heart. And right now, tonight, he's got everything to prove. And we've made up now, and I really like the kid. I was going to say that. We've made up, and he's second advice. He's a lovely kid, um, a lovely guy, and I wish him the best. 
may the best man win. I don't know who's going to win. I want the best man to win. Woo! It was just a year ago, wasn't it? Obviously, you were very <laughs> critical of him when, when George Groves beat him, and you said he should retire. You've obviously changed your mind, and why do you think he's a new, improved Chris Eubank now? You've given him advice, I get that, but why? I, what, what other reasons? I, I've changed my mind because, listen, he told me we had a great conversation, that he's going to get a new trainer, he's going to do really well, and you know what? I wish him the best. Uh, I, you don't really want to write anybody's career off, but the fact is, that night, everybody could see how bad he boxed to the world and it wasn't good um, and I don't know for me personally it was a really really bad performance and that's why I was so critical but you know what we're a year on and uh, let's just see the difference right now well you're looking good Are you enjoying life I thank God every day man I thank God every day I'm cool in the gang always always <laughs> Prince Nassim as ever in fine form I'm just stick with me, I'm just going to see. <laughs> AP, AP, Don McGuinness talks, but how are you, sir? You're live, are we okay to have a very quick chat with you? Now, obviously, Cheltenham's just around the corner, you're here ringside, I can't, I can't not have a word with you. Now, how do you see this main event? pacing out, basically. I'm, you know, I've, I've, I've seen I've seen Chris Eubank Jr. a few times, and I just think as the, if the fight goes on longer, I, I can see James DeGale getting the better of it, you know? Um, but we'll see. I'm not an expert, that's for sure. But I like watching it. You enjoy your boxing? Yeah, I enjoy it. Well, I'm very lucky. I've got to got to see a lot of a lot of very good boxers and be really close up. And I love it. I had a younger brother who was All Ireland champion three times, so I've always been into the boxing. Steve Collins just over there somewhere as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I seen him earlier. He um, he actually he rode in a charity horse race at the Punchstone Festival about 15 years ago. So I know Steve. We actually played football together. Was it fair on the horse? Was it? Uh, not really. He was probably a little bit better in the ring, to be fair. He's a bit like myself. I think, I think he did better on the horse than, than I probably would do in a boxing ring. But um, no, he he, um, he was very good. He was better than I thought he'd be. I think he was a stable lad once when he was younger. I know he's really into the horses now. Yeah. And uh, how's life with yourself? Yeah, it's good. You know, obviously, you know, Ch Cheltenham's very different than it used to be. Um, but I'm very lucky. I, I you know, I, I get to work on an ITV race and I get to talk about horses. And so it's, you know, I like. You know, I'm very lucky. I love what I, I loved what I did, but I think in sport, you know, I don't think retirement comes to everyone, and you just have to accept it and, and move on. I don't have any regrets, so I feel lucky about that. You know, I, I you know, I like to think that I, I done my best. I got the most out of it. I tried every day. I worked as hard as I could. So, um, sure, I rode more losers than most people will ever do. So, um, but I was like any sports person. You get to, you know, you get to live the dream. You know. You didn't do bad, but you like boxers, you make weight. You've got a lot in common there, haven't you? Now, looking at you, when you can eat whatever you want now, you've not piled on the pounds. How have you resisted that? Uh, I'm about just under two and a half stone sorry, heavier sorry. than I was. You really? Well, that just shows yeah. you. It's crazy what you do yeah. to yourselves, isn't it? Yeah, I, I was 10-2 I was the day I retired, and I weighed myself uh, not long ago, and I was nearly 12-7, so I've, I've been a little bit of a... trying to get myself back in shape a little bit since Christmas, so... Nothing of you, man. What's wrong? Yeah, you know, that's the thing, I suppose, you know, you, you get used to it, you know, people ask you, you know, you get used to not eating, you get used to having hot baths and saunas and whatever it may be to get the extra pound. It is it is very like very like a, a boxer's a boxer's life, you know. Final, very, very final one, I want to get you settled so you can enjoy the fight. You pick for Cheltenham? Gold Cup? I think, I think, 
I've always thought since last year, Sir Percy, but he hasn't. He's only ran once since last Cheltenham last year, so a little concerned about that. My tip for Cheltenham, I think either Sir Eric in the Triumph Order or Tiger Roll. I think both of them will definitely win. There you go. You heard it from the man himself, the genius AP McCoy. Thank you, AP. I'm just going to see if I can just grab the promoter here, Richard Poxon, while we've got him before the main event. Richard, Richard, you're live on TalkSport. You okay for a quick second? Have a quick yeah, word. Of course, yeah, yeah. Of course you are. You're, you're promoter. Now, how's it going so far for you? Yeah, good, really pleased. I mean, a lot of the old faces of the year, you know, everybody's come out for a big domestic fight. So I'm really, uh, really excited, really looking forward to it. Yeah, it's not a bad front row, this, is it? Yeah, it's okay, isn't it? Yeah, the uh, second row's a little bit better, though. We've got Prince Naz and Bruno, so AP McCoy's here. So, yeah, all the faces are in. And now you've been backstage, you've been having a look at the two lads warming up. And yeah, and yeah, what, what, what are your thoughts now? I, I still honestly don't know. I think the first four rounds, maybe, De Gale will look like he's walking away with it, but it's it's after those four or five rounds, I'm totally unsure as to exactly what happens, and it's that's the intriguing part of this fight and what I think makes it a real 50-50. Enjoy the occasion, Thank enjoy you. the fight. Thanks, Richard. No problem, thanks, mate. Back to you, Adam. Look at Don McGuinness there. I, I know that the Brit Awards were earlier this week in the O2 Arena, but he's channeling the ghosts of some of them red carpet guys there. Where he? he was he was rattling around, talking to the who's who of boxing. I have never seen Dominic McGuinness so excited. Oh. And he was like a dog, a rabid dog with a bone <laughs> there, with Nazim Hamid and Frank Bruno. I hear we're not far away from the main event walking at him. I'm getting very excited. It's been a brilliant That's build right. up, hasn't it? Yeah, we've got a couple of minutes uh, before uh, the ring walks do begin. I can see uh, uh, Ronnie now in the corner of Chris Eubank Jr., which, it's, which implies obviously the boys are near enough ready. But yeah. before we get there, there's been a lot made of obviously Chris Eubank Jr. stepping out of his dad's shadow. He's had a couple of opportunities to do that on previous fights. He's not necessarily done it. This camp does feel a lot different, if I'm honest. Senior's not been around a lot. He's only nipped in now and again. You might have seen him this week on fight week, but throughout the course of the whole camp, he's not been around. This is a massive opportunity for Junior to become his own man tonight. No, it really is. He, he needs a statement tonight. I mean, it's not so much that he's got nowhere to go if he loses or if he doesn't look good tonight. He's got nowhere to go as a box office fighter next. That's how he's projected himself. That's how Chris Eubank Sr. has projected his son, this killer who could live with anyone. And he can phys physically. He has an incredible physicality, great conditioning, a great engine. But he really needs to show something different tonight. Glennon talked about it earlier, an improvement, a step up some skills, uh, the kind of things that we see when they go in against world champions. BMIs don't win fights though, do they, Glenn? Muscles don't win fights. <laughs> no, but he needs a game plan. You know, he needs a strategy in there. You've got to have that when you're going in at this sort of level. He's got to know exactly what he's got to do. If that's not working, then he's got to turn to plan B. And so far, you know, it's just been that, that, that boxing brain that's let him down. Certainly his fitness, you know, his, his, his determination, that has never been questioned, but that's not enough. Regarding to Gale, we alluded to it earlier on in the show, motivation maybe for the Truex fights maybe played uh, a significant role in those, in the first defeat anyway, and, and maybe a substandard performance in the second fight. Motivation is not going to be a problem tonight for him, is it? No, it, it, it shouldn't be. If it's a problem tonight, then, then you know, that, that spells the end for James to Gale. He's got to be focused. You know, he's got to know what, what exactly what he's doing. He's got the skills. He's got the, the counter-punching skills. So it, it's really down to what James to get, what's left in his heart. Does he still got a heart for the fight? We're going to find out in a matter of moments. It's a big one. It's live on TalkSport. 
The lights go down in the O2 Arena here on the South Bank in the nation's capital, London. You can hear the atmosphere building just over the backs of my shoulders right now. The fans in here tonight, it's great to see them come out for the first big one of the of the new year, really. Yeah, it is. The first, you're spot on, Adam. The first big fight of the year, a big debatable fight. Everybody wants to know what James DeGale's got, for, got left and what Eubank can deliver. The action underway. A little cut over the left eye of James DeGale. I wonder if that was done by a clash of heads. It may well have been the case. Oh, good right hand from Eubank. Catches. Oh, he's got him again. That's up. And DeGale's in trouble. He's back on the ropes and Eubank's trying to put him away. Here, he's put it down, has he? Yes, he has. A right hand. Mantha DeGale touches down. He's back on his feet. But he gets the count. And again, they hold on inside, clinch, and Eubank unleashes a right hand as he comes out of that clinch. And another one. And De Gale's in trouble once more, holding on with an air of desperation in the last few seconds. And it was close until the last 15 seconds. But then it was Eubank who caught the eye. De Gale turns it and lands a solid right hand lead. Eubank misses with the right hand counter. Tried to throw a big uppercut, but it was off target. And has De Gale done enough to edge this one? Too often, he's just trying to flail away with hooks. But now he's got De Gale in front of him, and he catches him with a right hand. And De Gale wants to hold on. It was a meaty-looking right hand as well. And was De Gale stunned by that one? But here he comes, and he catches De Gale with a right hand. And De Gale wants to hold on this time. Eubank almost ran after him, almost sprinted across the ring, and lands another right hand now. And once again, as yet again, De Gale sticks his tongue out. He's looking for power shots. 15 seconds to go. Right hand and a big one from Eubank on the left hook. And De Gale's going down. De Gale has touched down. He's protesting that it wasn't a knockdown, but it's being given. He went down onto his haunches. He's had the eight count. That'll be a 10-8 round. And with that, it might well be that Chris Eubank Jr. has won this fight. Seconds of the fight. Who's going to finish? As the ascendant. De Gale holds his arm aloft to celebrate what he believes is a victory. Eubank holds his arm aloft to believe a celebration of what he thinks is his victory. It's going to the cards. He is now the IBO super middleweight champion, Chris Newbank Jr. Newbank is chaired aloft, and now he has the belt. The biggest win by a mile of Chris Newbank Jr.'s career. You listen to Fight Night Live on TalkSport at the O2 Arena where we've just witnessed Chris Eubank Jr. beat James DeGale uh, by unanimous uh, points decision. Hopefully we're going to be hearing uh, from both protagonists very, very shortly as Don McGuinness is ringside with his microphone. Uh, but Gareth, uh, Glenn uh, and John alongside me calling that fight. Let's be honest, if anybody was going to win by points at the start of this fight, if we were going to call it, we'd probably have gone with James DeGale, wouldn't we? I, I didn't. I thought Chris Eubank Junior was going to win this fight on points or by, I, by you know, I just haven't the last few fights. The last few fights, um, I haven't been impressed with James DeGale. 
uh, he looks like a fighter that you know, had his best days. And I thought that the strength and the work rate of Chris Eubank Jr., I think this is his time now. I think this, he needed that win. He's always shown promise. He's always shown talent. I think he needed a confidence win like that. And um, I think we're going to see him in some big fights now. Did you expect it, John, to be that emphatic? Um, I know the cards from the official judges it, might well, have had it a little bit closer, but us here, well, I mean, I had it by six rounds. In, 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 honest, in honesty, yes, I did. I mean, I, I, I alluded to that on, on yep. Thursday when we did the preview programme, and uh, I, I thought that Eubank might have got the stoppage, and there were times at which it looked as though it was very much on the cards when he landed big shots and Gale was in trouble on, on more than one occasion. Eubank was clearly the bigger puncher, the, the more aggressive fighter throughout. But James DeGale, James DeGale, Adam, has made a lot of money. He's been, he's been a world champion on two occasions. He's made a lot of money, and I personally would like to see him get away from boxing now and enjoy that money. You don't want to see him wind up overstaying, getting himself badly hurt, and you know, and, and putting all that yeah. good work to waste. Couldn't agree more. Uh, Gareth, just regarding Chris Eubank Jr., because it is a marquee name now on his resume, an Olympic gold medalist, a two-time world champion. There's a fight that's happening in the early hours of the morning over in the States between Durrell and his old adversary, Yildrim. That's for the WBC crown. I've no doubt that Team Eubank will be charging for that now, won't they? Listen, Chris Eubank Jr. did everything. You can hear Chris Eubank Sr. being interviewed behind me, uh, in front of me in the ring. Um, he did everything he needed to do tonight to show that he is improving as a fighter. To take nothing, James DeGale is definitely faded from the world champion he was three years ago. But we shouldn't take anything away from Junior because he showed more composure tonight. He'll get better conditioned than this. He'll get stronger. I know he's had more fights than James DeGale, but he's still far more inexperienced. I was very impressed with him. I had him a runaway winner who bullied and dominated his way to victory. I know you're talking about things going on on the other side of the Atlantic, but for me, the big fight is the, the one, and I think probably the one bit, the one that Chris would really want. It's the rematch with Billy Joe Saunders. That is a huge fight. No, absolutely, and especially, I mean, I don't know what, the official line is with the WBO belt at this moment in time, because I saw that uh, Ramirez came out and said that he still holds it, but well, hopefully that Billy Joe will be fighting for that vacant title, and if that is the case, it's the perfect fight to make, isn't it? Well, it's, it's, it's one which, we're, well, the very fact that we're stand, sit, sitting here talking about it now underlines that, and, uh, and a lot of people who saw that first fight will remember that Eubank finished really strongly yep. in the second half of the fight, and I remember Ian Dark, I think, was commentating for TalkSport, and I seem to remember that he thought that Eubank had actually won the fight. Let's get it on. It's an exciting time anyway, because obviously Callum Smith holds um, a belt at, uh, at super middleweight. We've got some decent champions uh, across the pond as well. And now that we've got Chris Eubank Jr., who has most certainly stepped out of the shadow. I know that his dad's around him quite a lot, and his dad's well, around him now as the uh, interviews are going on at this moment in time. But he seems to have stepped out of that shadow right now, and hopefully his career can kick on. I think you know, he needed a fight like that. He needed the marquee name, a big name, um, to get that, you know, to get a win against. And, and you know, he got that tonight. And I think this always looked like it was the right fight at the right time for Chris Eubank Jr. There is one thing I would say about that, though, about the whole Chris Eubank thing. Yeah, he does need to step away from his dad's shadow, but he wouldn't have been anything like the marquee name and the box office attraction that he is without the Eubank name. You, can, you know, you call him Catterall or Rawling and nobody would want to see him. <laughs> but Eubank, yeah, they do. 
They might want to turn up to watch me get knocked out, John. <laughs> <laughs> Stick that on pay-per-view. No, Gareth, fantastic. Gareth would be there for that one. <laughs> uh, fantastic performance from uh, Chris Eubank Jr. We are hoping uh, to get a few words with him. I know that Don McGuinness uh, is waiting for him ringside. He's currently just speaking to uh, the American broadcasters who are partnered up, obviously, with the uh, British uh, television broadcasters tonight. Um, regarding fight week, Gareth, we really should have read... I know that you guys did and alluded to it on Thursday night. We maybe should have read a little bit more into it because he's a very cool, calm, collected character, is Chris Eubank Jr. And although he's not showed it as in the ring, that stellar performance as of yet up until this point, Chunky did seem a little bit agitated, didn't he? He did seem a little bit on edge. Listen, I, I thought, um, as I said it all along, I thought Chris Eubank Jr. would win this fight. I've loved the way he's been cool, calm and collected all the way along uh, for in the whole promotion. Um, as I said, he, he delivered what he said he was going to do tonight. He dropped James DeGale three times. DeGale was hurt in there uh, three or four times. Um, he was dominant. He was aggressive. He was ebullient. Um, and I think he carries himself well. Um, and he's a guy that we can be proud of. And I want to see him. Ronnie Davis has just gone past me. His team are just making their way out of here. I think he's a British fighter we can be proud of and I do want to see him fighting Billy Joe Saunders because I think that's a tremendous fight a rematch of course from five years ago yeah. um, when when he gave Billy Joe Saunders and we know how brilliant he is as a southpaw he gave him tremors in those final rounds mm. the, the kid deserves a lot of praise now I'm led to believe that Don McGuinness is actually in position with Chris Eubank Jr so let's see if we can get a, a quick word from the man that won the fight tonight well Chris, you're live on TalkSport. Firstly, many congratulations, an excellent performance. And, uh, and again, just talk us through how you feel after that. Redemption. I'm back on top. I, I proved uh, I proved that the doubt was wrong. I proved what I was saying was the truth. I am a world-level fighter. Um, and, uh, you know, this is one of those fights which puts me in position now to go and challenge for world titles at super middleweight and middleweight. So I'm very happy. Get to that in just a sec, but uh, going into this one, you know, people were talking about retirement fights, and you've stepped up twice before, a lot made of that. Uh, I mean, how much pressure were you feeling going into this? Massive, massive. I, I said we're, 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 we're both on the edge, we're both on the edge of this cliff, and someone's going to fall, uh, and whoever falls can't really come back. Um, so I'm still here, and I'm, and I'm moving forward now, onwards and upwards. You put him down in there, it got it got messy at times as well with the clash of styles, I suppose. Did you feel comfortable throughout that? I did. I felt I dominated the entire fight. Um, he's a very awkward fighter to, to get clean shots off on. He's, he's gangly and he's southpaw and he's slick, so it was hard to pin him down and get him. Um, I just had to be rough in there, man. I knew that I was going to have to make it a dogfight because I knew he was going to run. I knew, I knew he didn't want to get involved. So um, smart pressure, that's what we use tonight. You said you want to be a champion either middleweight, super middleweight. As a super middleweight now, what are the options for you? I suppose we'd all think maybe Billy Joe Saunders. That would be nice. You talked about redemption at the start of this. Is that something that you'd look at? He's a drug cheat, so I'm not really looking at him uh, uh, first and foremost. Um, I don't think he deserves it. Uh, there's other great names out there uh, in the middleweight division also. So, um, you know, whatever, whatever Al Heyman, whatever PBC, an ITV box office want me to do, I'm going to do. There's some big names out there and I'm ready. And would you be ready for a Callum Smith, for example? I mean, another name that I'm throwing at you now, but again, it's... Everybody. There's nobody that I, I, I wouldn't fight. Uh, I'm, I'm here to collect the belts. I'm here to become world champion in either division. So whatever whatever's put in front of me, I'm going to take. How much of an influence on that fight and that performance tonight has Nate Vasquez had on you? 
Nate gave me focus. Nate gave my my uh, preparation. Um, you know, he, he, he tailored everything to what James the girl is, which is what I needed. I didn't I didn't just go in there fit and strong like I always do. I had a lot more focus. You know, he, he's not going to change me as a fighter. I am who I am. I've been fighting for for so many years now. He was there to tweak little things, work on things that I needed to work on, and uh, and to add focus to the camp. And that's exactly what he did. Chris Senior, you're wearing your sheriff's badge, and he was a, f a force of law tonight, wasn't he? Yes, he was, and I'm a sergeant, not a sheriff. I beg your pardon, sir. That's okay, but also a deputy marshal. What do we do? We protect and serve. So we serve the people. We serve fighters in terms of their abilities and their futures. Um, and Junior's come through here tonight, and he owns, effectively, or is the head of or the face of a pay-per-view channel, which is fantastic for him. We've worked for two and a half years and we've suffered immensely holding to the insurmountable problems that has actually happened in order to actually launch this. Um, but we're here, we've done it. Richard Poxon um, has held his course. Al Heyman, strike that. PBC, okay? The ghost shall remain the ghost, as he likes Talk to sport remain. as well. And, well, talk sport, of course. So, no, it was a, 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 the fight was a great fight. Very entertaining, and uh, as Chris Eubank Jr. always proves, he's a very uh, entertaining and captivating fighter. And has he tonight finally stepped out of your shadow, do you feel? Say again? Has he finally stepped out of your shadow, do you feel? Um, I think he has stepped out of my shadow long ago. He's his own man. I'm his father, so I, you know, I don't see what you, the public, see. Uh, what is the dynamic now then? Because I, I think you know you've been accused of, of maybe been a bit overbearing with him now. He's got a trainer now. So what's the dynamic between the pair of you? I'm a daddy, and what daddies do is always protect. And what sergeants and deputy marshals do, they also protect and serve. Well, I know he's got to go. So you you go on. Well done tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Back to you, Adam. Dom, thank you very much. There you go, the words of Chris Eubank Sr. and before him, the man that won the fight tonight, Chris Eubank Jr., who was absolutely sensational. Whether his dad agrees or not, he most certainly has stepped out of his dad's shadow. A fantastic unanimous points victory against the former gold medalist, the former two-time world champion, James DeGale. Chris Eubank Jr.'s night, no doubt. What lies for him now in the next 12 months is exciting, and hopefully you can hear it all here on TalkSport. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, 
Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. 